Oh my god, I just now came to the realization that you weren't alive for 9-11, Jaden. Yeah. I, Holy shit. I, yeah. I mean, like, he knows what it is, though. But, like, I I always thought that I was like, oh, you know, I'm I'm old enough. I don't really, I, I'm not connected with anyone who wasn't born before 2001. I mean, as as that is a very, you know, memorable event, I think this pandemic has definitely affected more lives more severely. Yeah. So yeah. you're, you're right. You know. Okay. Well, you sorry. Know, it's, it's, I didn't mean to, we didn't mean to turn this into like a one up you know, contest. Well, about, James you know, trying to downplay nine 11. He's like, I went through COVID. So. <laughs> hey there, I'm Jordan. And I'm Nick. We're just two regular guys who love talking about film. And now we'd like to talk to you. We decided to break down our discussions into three parts because everyone loves a gimmick. We discuss our expectations for a film before we watch it. That's take one. We give our immediate thoughts following the film. That's take two. And finally, we research the film at length to prepare for an informed and in-depth discussion. And that's take three. So if you love film even half as much as we do, join in on the conversation. This is Take Three, a movie podcast. Take one. You are soaking wet. I am soaking wet. I uh, just got back from work, and it is currently storming outside, um, and I'm very wet. And when I get back home this late, there aren't typically a lot of parking spots that are close to my apartment, so I had a bit of a trek, but I made it. Well, good. I'm glad. I was asking you earlier if it was storming because I thought that the world was ending earlier here where I'm at, (laughs) and uh, it's like, it's probably headed your way, or I don't know how weather works, but... Does it go up or down? It's more like over, I think. I always see on the radar, it's always going over instead of up and down. I feel like every day this week, we've I've been looking at the forecast and we've had like, oh, storms predicted at noon. And then as noon approaches, it gets pushed to one. And then as one approaches, it gets pushed to two. And it just, it, and I'm like, okay, there's just going to be a storm at work, I guess. And it never happens until like the evening. So we've had storms like every day in the evenings but never oh when it's forecasted it's been weird weather's fucking weird man yeah this earth is mad at us (laughs) i went with my sister to pick up dinner and uh we went by her house to get diapers for the baby my niece and uh as we were driving around a lot i was seeing lightning like crackle through the sky it was very cool right yeah it's awesome i do remember we had a hurricane when i was like 10 or something we had like a really bad hurricane, Hurricane Isabel. I remember Isabel. Yeah, Isabel was a big one. Yeah, we didn't have power for like two yep. weeks. Same for us. But um, I remember we were building on our addition to our house, right? So it was like our house was like doubling in size. So we had this like giant wood structure that wasn't protected at all. I mean, I, we had to like protect it. There were... They were like putting tarps and all this safety stuff. But basically, I remember my dad outside on the deck grilling during the hurricane. Like the hurricane is happening. Like we are in the hurricane and he is grilling hamburgers and hot dogs. That does not surprise me at all. Yeah, I've seen I've seen your dad uh, ignite fireworks before and him grilling in a hurricane does not surprise me in the slightest. No, yeah, he's uh... not at all. <laughs> he's like held fireworks while they've gone off before. So I'm not, (laughs) yeah. So should we talk about what we're doing today? 
No. All right. Well, then we can just sit here. It's been such a long day. It's really? been such a long day. I texted you and I was like, uh, can you be ready to record in five minutes? Because I just, let's let's get this done so I can rest. I'm ready. I'm a coiled spring, ready to go, ready to podcast. We are doing one amazing movie this week. <laughs> it's a little known film called The Dark Knight. And uh, we're not going to be doing it alone. As seems to be the theme this season. <laughs> <laughs> I have loved every single guest that we've had on, and I love the I love most that of we them. Will be, <laughs> we will be having on these next few episodes. It's been fun. It has been fun. It really has. And this time, Jaden is joining us. Here's what's going to happen. I'm about to order a pizza. And when the pizza guy comes, regardless of his name, I'm going to say, your name is Jaden. Come podcast with me. And he's going to come join us on the podcast. Sweet. So. Abduction. like Absolutely. And while I'm eating pizza, he's going to give his thoughts on the Dark Knight. And he's going to wonder why we're calling him Jaden. To be honest with you, I'm not even sure. Jaden, is it just a name that popped into my head? <laughs> That's so weird. I know a Jaden. He's my cousin. <laughs> I, I'm very excited about this. Jaden has been one of like our biggest fans. He definitely has. He's an awesome dude, and when given the option, he said that he really wanted to talk about The Dark Knight, and I can understand why. This movie is fucking dope. The Christopher Nolan Batman movies are where I really got into Batman. I was in my teens when they came out. My formative years, when I was 16 years old, I got a bat symbol tattoo from this movie, on my arm. I think I had to be, yeah, you had to be 16 in the state of Virginia. Yeah, because I would have been, I think so. I just remember my mom took me and uh, to get my first tattoo. <laughs> but um, I love that. Yeah, I was a real badass. I love it. And I still do. And these movies, all three of them, I feel like are special in their own ways. But it's inarguable that the second one is the best. Is that what we're doing, the second one? Yeah, The Dark Knight. What is the first one of that trilogy called? Batman Begins. Oh my goodness. Okay. Gotcha. Remember that whole thing with Kayleen where she had yeah. no idea that Batman Begins existed? I do recall. Yeah. Was that, was that, did that make the final cut? You know what? She might have made me cut it out. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, okay. So our Kayleen episode, which is The Breakfast Club, probably wound up being a little bit over two hours, probably. If I hadn't edited anything from it, it probably would have been closer to four hours. I mean, our take three was two and a half hours long. So, yeah. <laughs> we, we just can't stop talking. We love Yeah, it. we just and sat we there love... and talked about random shit for a very long time. Yeah. How do you feel about The Dark Knight? I love it. I I can't... I, so I don't think I've seen the third one, to be honest. And maybe I'll make that an assignment. Are you serious? Yeah. With Catwoman? With Bane. Yeah. Yeah, I've not seen it. Ooh. But I mean, I know this movie is like legendary because of the performances. Of, yeah, I think one specific person. And I'm very excited to see that again. Like that is fucking phenomenal. He's not Voldemort. You can say his name. His name is the Joker. I'm just kidding. I know it's Heath Ledger. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, no, because that might I, I wouldn't have put it past you to have not known his name. <laughs> I'm sorry. I his name. I'm sorry, but I've seen Brokeback Mountain. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Also, apologies. I don't know if you can hear this, but it is pouring outside and I'm right next to my window. So how dare you not record in a soundproof booth like I am? I didn't give Pudge a sandwich. <laughs> he controls the weather. I can't give Pudge tuna. We should do that. <laughs> That'd be an abomination. I forgot we already did an episode on that. <laughs> I was like, yeah, we've done Lilo and Stitch. That episode was called Lilo and Stitch and Anastasia and Christian or something like that. <laughs> We did it with Fifty Shades of Grey. I forgot about that. Yeah, what a weird fucking decision that was. Oh, man. So when we were trying to figure out what movie he wanted to do, I feel like it was a little bit of a struggle because I feel like our tastes are so different. Um, But one thing that uh, at least you and him have in common are, you know, you're obviously fans of action-y superhero movies. And this one felt like a good, I don't want to say compromise because I, you know, I, I love this movie too, but it seemed like the right fit. So, yeah. Like, I understand that it obviously is a superhero movie. I also think that it was, like, masterfully made. It has a lot of really great performances. Definitely Heath Ledger, but, like, pretty much everyone in the film is really good in it. I don't really think it falters for me anywhere. We'll see. I'm going to have to watch it again. Because <laughs> it has been a while. Because, you know, the one that I the one that I go back to is the third one, specifically because Tom Hardy is my baby daddy. <laughs> I didn't. I don't think I realized that. But you don't like Venom? Oh no, I hate Venom. It's a garbage movie. It like it, it's just it's a bad movie, and we don't like it here. So, this is for Jaden, who's going to listen to this, who absolutely loves that movie. I'm just I'm trying to give him shit. Oh yeah, shit. You're right. He does love this movie. So take everything this motherfucker says with a grain of salt. <laughs> okay, I want to try something. Without further ado, here's. And then cut it there. And it'll either be funny because it'll be like, without further ado, here's take two. Or without further ado, here's. And then we'll just have Jaden say his name. So without further ado, here's. It'll be take two. And then Jaden will just say, Jaden! Or something like that. Well, that's not good at all. Take two. So here we are, everyone. This is Take 3, a movie podcast, just in case you were wondering, you know, if you like, I don't know, just randomly were clicking through the internet and started listening to something halfway into the episode. We are Nick and Jordan, and we are joined by... Jaden! <laughs> this, this is quite the pleasure. It's quite the pleasure. Jaden is here, and he is here to talk about The Dark Knight with us. Again, you obviously know that he's also here to talk about apparently how he's excited to go back to school do you want to talk about that Jaden? yeah what the fuck dude what grade are you in now six i'm going into my junior year sixth grade (laughs) (laughs) so let me paint this picture for you real quick imagine you go into your first year high school and there's a global pandemic and you're without socialization for about a year and a half you're kind of Sounds excited rough. to go back and, and see some some people for the first time. So you're going back in person? Yeah. Amidst this Delta variant? I, I don't think I could survive another year being virtual, to be is totally there, honest with you. Is there a mask mandate for you guys? I think I think they're recommended, but you don't have to. Are you Just going to? Like a month ago. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Are you vaccinated? Yeah. I, I don't know about yeah. the young people. You are? Okay. Double double Pfizer. I don't think that 
I think you can. You have to be like sixteen, so you have a couple more years before. Nick, we. How old actually are you, Jaden? He's eleven. I am sixteen. Sixteen. Nick. That's what I thought. <laughs> no, I think we talked about how in take one you'll like to me. You will always be like four. Yeah. yeah seriously. <laughs> yeah. Truly. Yeah. Like I have videos of you singing uh, "I'm on a boat" when you were like three years old. Do you remember that? I have no recollection. It's the cutest fucking thing. I have to find it so that we can post it on our Instagram so everyone can see. <laughs> Jaden, I told everybody in the first episode that I, I was going to order a pizza and tell the pizza guy that his new name was Jaden, and that would be who joined us in Take Two. Oh, okay. I, I am that pizza man. You did not bring me a pizza. I am upset at that. I am going to call your manager and let them know. <laughs> As of seven months ago, I probably could have gotten you a Big Mac straight to your door, hand delivered from McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, he was working at Mickey D's for a bit. I don't recommend. <laughs> I've been McDonald's free for uh, 49 days. That is fantastic. 49 days. Good for you. And this is someone who got McDonald's. We don't need to share that. 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 That's fine. (laughs) He got McDonald's frequently. We don't need to share that. (laughs) We don't need to share that. (laughs) I realized that we spoke most of take one about Jaden and not about this actual movie. What movie was it? I forget now at this point. Was it Shrek? It was Shrek. Shrek. This is perfect. (laughs) We already have a take three for Shrek. We can just tack it on to it. <laughs> this is the whole rest of the episode is just our Shrek episode. No, yeah. I was uh, in the Shrek episode, though. You were? Yeah. You remember you asked me, like, a, I wasn't actually physically in the episode, but you asked me about, like, my thoughts on it, and then you, like, relate it in the um, episode. That's right. But anyway, maybe this is the time that we kind of all maybe discuss our take one for this, why we love this movie, how we were introduced to it. Jaden, why did you pick this movie to be the movie that you were featured on? Um, I think like this movie has always been like, like one of like my top five movies that I've like just as a kid. Like it came out around the same time that um when do you know when it came out? Two thousand eight, so the year you were born. Okay, yeah. So I, <laughs> so I was like really young when this when this movie came out, and I just remember growing up like loving Batman because of this movie and I didn't appreciate like special especially Joker's perform like Heath Ledger's performance and he I think this one's probably his performance as Joker is probably one of the best performance I've ever seen in a movie so I, I don't know I grew up loving the movie I loved it and uh it's still really good amen I totally agree it is one of the best performances I've ever seen on screen for sure and it just reminded me, I watched it today and was just like blown away. I think if anybody gave their take one in take one, it was me. So you go, Jordan. So I have seen this movie and I obviously remember it fondly. I couldn't tell you the first time that I saw it. Uh, it definitely was not in theaters, though. But this was an interesting experience for me because I actually watched the first one before watching the second one just to make sure that all 
the ends were tied. And I'm realizing that I really don't get a lot of the politics of it. The decisions in this in these movies are really kind of confusing to me. However, it made a lot of sense when I remembered that these movies are Nolan movies. And that is not an uncommon pattern for for his for his movies. Yeah. Um, but I enjoy them. I think they're absolutely fantastic, regardless of how much I can understand them. And this one is is no exception. It, it's just it's so beautifully shot. Uh, that whole scene, which is like the scene that everyone thinks of when they think of this movie, when um, uh, like Harvey Dent says that he's Batman, and then it sparks this whole scene that's the Joker chasing that big car, and not an ounce of it has music in it, and that's just like that was a choice that was just so amazing i remember thinking today i was like oh jordan's gonna like this because there's no loved it yeah and i say this all the time like the the genius of composing is knowing when to have music just as much as knowing when there shouldn't be music and absolutely i don't know just like even outside of the the music it was just it's great it's a great time amazing performances really great storytelling and how everything ties together and it's just it was fun Normally, I don't say this about action movies, but I really, really did enjoy this. Something I noticed this time, uh, just because I was trying to watch it like somewhat analytically, was, okay, obviously the pacing. Lee Smith is one of my favorite editors ever. He's done most of Nolan's movies like Interstellar, and uh, I think the best thing about Dunkirk is the editing. All of these movies are fantastically edited. He's so good. He actually won his Oscar with... I think it was for Dunkirk. Anyway, this movie has such breakneck pacing. Wild, crazy things don't necessarily have to be happening. It just goes scene to scene. There's no setup. There's no establishing shots or very few. These people will be talking about something and then it will literally cut across town. You are only able to use context clues within the scene to know where they are, you know, what they're doing, what's going on, how long it's been. It's just bam, 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 bam. Like you, you almost can't come up for air. That's, I think that's what made this experience so confusing for me is because it's like, it it really doesn't offer a lot of explanation. And I think I'm just not used to that. Mm. Um, But it is, you know, it's, it's all throughout his movies. I've not seen Dunkirk or Tenet, but like in Inception, it is very much like that as well. There's really not a lot of, it just, it's, it hits the ground running. and doesn't stop until the end. Inception is one of the most befuddling movies I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, I could even probably tell you what Memento was about. And Memento goes backwards and forwards and all that. But I still probably couldn't give you a through line on Inception. Someday we will tackle that. We, we, we <laughs> Have should. you seen that, Jaden? Uh, no, I haven't. You haven't seen Inception? You should watch mm-hmm. it. You should watch Ooh. it. But you gotta, like, take notes and shit. Because it's fucking crazy. The, the Dark Knight trilogy, it's crazy to say this because they're certainly not simple, but I mean, they're certainly his most mainstream movies and they are probably his most simple movies too because all the other ones are just, I mean, he just goes off the rails. I mean, and it's great. Yeah. It's it's Christopher Nolan. He's fantastic. Uh, I think Hitchcock said this. I could be wrong. I'll, I'll fact check myself and, and take three. But that like in order for an audience to truly understand something and for you to make sure that the audience catches something you should display it to them three times whether it be through dialogue or visual cues they need to witness something three times on screen to really nail it home well 
Nolan doesn't do that at all. I mean, you witness something once, and if you miss it, you are not going to know what's going on later. It is certainly not something that you can have on in the background and follow the way it needs to be followed. That's not a bad thing. I mean, that's a great thing, in my opinion. I love movies that like require you to focus on them because they're not going to hold your hand as they shoot through this story. A lot of shit happens in this movie. Right, like I one of the best examples I would have is like is like near the end where like the uh Joker's like locked up and then he's like asking for the phone call, then they find the, the phones inside the guy and they're trying to get Harvey and Rachel and and all of it just happens at once. I think it's I think it's awesome. I you just can't breathe. The pacing yeah. <laughs> in these films, they're all like this. Christopher Nolan just has this way of directing that is really compelling, and I understand why he is one of the guys that can be like mainstream successful and be highly praised. Unfortunately, like he's kind of lost some of his box office edge as of late, as he's distanced himself from the Dark Knight trilogy with some of these, I don't want to say stranger movies, but like passion projects. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Anytime we talk about Nolan, I always go back to that conversation that we had about uh, how he does one for the studio and then one for himself. Yeah, I'm sure what he would really love to have is an Oscar, and I think Dunkirk was a really good attempt at it. I mean, I don't personally like Dunkirk, but I think he really, he swung, and he didn't hit the ball, but he still, he swung, and that was good. (laughs) It was a good swing. Yes, good it was a good swing. I'm sorry. Like I, I want to, I'll talk about Christopher Nolan more later. You've seen all three of Nolan's trilogy, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I've seen all three. I'm guessing that the Joker of all of the villains portrayed in this trilogy, because there's several of them. Yeah. Is is he your favorite? Now, for sure, he is. I, I back when The Dark Knight Rises came out, that's the one with Bane, right? Mm-hmm. It was definitely close. I I love. I still love him, but I loved him when it first came out. I love. I actually I love that movie a lot too. Dark Knight Rises, but oh yeah, just going back and seeing Heath Ledger's perform, it's it's crazy how good it is. I don't think it's matched, to be honest with you. He's magnificent. I'd agree with that. I was kind of thinking about that as well, that like, I, I can't think of another per- performance that was as good as this. And like, maybe that's the the hipster side of me wants to be like, oh, you're just saying that because everyone's saying that. But like, it really, God, he he just slaughtered that role. He, it's unbelievable. Up until the last time he's in it, it's, it's just, it's wild. Amongst genre fair, like superhero movies, horror movies, all that stuff. I mean, there are, a few performances that rise above the rest, and he is certainly one of the highest ones. I hate the idea that people say, oh, he won the Oscar because he passed away. I'm sure that uh, the Oscars are voted on by people. It is very political. I'm sure that it may have had something to do with it, trying to honor him posthumously, for some people. I mean, we're humans. I I can understand that mentality, so I can't imagine that other people don't understand that as well. But to diminish that performance to, oh, he only won because he passed away, I don't think it's fair to him. I don't think it's fair to the Joker. I don't I just don't think it's fair. I've never heard that. 
but I'm not in the in the bubble like you guys are. But going back and like looking and watching this movie, like and seeing how good it still is, even it's now what thirteen years later, and it's still that much better. Oh yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that every year since it came out, and it's. I mean, it's a bummer. Like I can't help but like I understand where people are coming from. And to say that if if this performance came out today, I don't even know that he would get nominated. I don't know. We are in a very different space when it comes to superhero therapy. It takes a cultural phenomenon like Black Panther to break through and get awards attention. Uh, There are so many superhero movies now that so many people just sort of cast them off as their own thing, which is a shame. This particular one not only deserved an Oscar for Best Supporting Actor, which it won, I think it should have gotten a lot more Oscar nominations at least. To my knowledge, I think that this movie, I don't know if this is like official or if this has been speculation, but I think the snubbing of this movie from getting a Best Picture nomination is the reason why there are now 10 Best Picture spots instead of just five. There used to be just five. Are you telling me there's 10 now? Yeah. I thought, oh my God, how long has that been a thing? Again, not take three, but I believe it was like 2010, 2009, 2010. Oh Oh my God. How did, I I don't know how I met, I always thought it was like a, a crop of like five or six. I don't think I realized that. Here's the thing. I think it can go up to 10. I think it most often sticks at nine just because of the way votes are counted. Clearly, I have not been paying attention enough to the Oscars. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so it got nominated for, I just looked this up to not be spitting off wrong information. It did win Best Sound Editing and Best Supporting Actor. It got nominated for a bunch of below-the-line awards like Best Makeup, Best Sound Mixing, Best Visual Effects, stuff like that. Sorry, um, Jordan, same question though. So I've not seen the third one. That will come soon. I mean, yeah, performance-wise, hands down the Joker. Though I will say that anytime I think of the first movie in this trilogy, I always think of the Scarecrow. Like, that's the first thing that comes to my mind rather than yeah. Batman or really anyone else is the Scarecrow. And um, who is the actor that plays him again? Killian Murphy. Yeah, yeah. Who, like, must be really good friends with Christopher Nolan because he's, like, in everything he does. I was going to say, it just occurred to me that he was also in Inception. And I love him. I think he's great. He's in all three of his Batman movies. Yeah, so the the Joker, definitely, first and foremost, and uh, and the Scarecrow in a, as a close second. Yeah, I really like the Scarecrow's abilities. Visually, mm-hmm. it's very striking. Really, all of the villains and all of the makeup in this are all visually striking. Like, they did not... God damn, it's just so good. That brings me to what I think is a lot of people's least favorite villain amongst everybody. Is? Uh, is Two-Face. Why? And a lot of time it's because of his Two-Face, his, the other half of his face. I know when it came out, people lost it over that. They thought that he looked so silly and so ridiculous. Are you kidding? That that was like this movie's, I'm not, no, I am not kidding. That was like a common criticism amongst people. Holy shit. They did not like the other half of his face. I thought they wouldn't like it because they like thought like it was gross. Like how do people have that mindset? 
I don't know what someone's face with the skin peeled off or burned off looks like. Um, I feel like that's a pretty decent guess. I mean, I'm sure that they did research into like it probably is pretty realistic looking. I would hope so. You know, also like it didn't he kind of went untreated in the movie, didn't he? He like had like one night to sit in the hospital and then kind of just like like just left. When the hospital exploded. That's a wonderful point. That is a really yeah. good point. That like no skin grafts, nothing. Yeah, because he said he denied medication yeah. and skin grafts. So like I don't, I don't know. That's whack to me. Speaking to that scene though, I don't know if you guys have seen this meme or any this anywhere on the internet, but there's something. It made me chuckle heartily when I saw it. But uh, when the Joker does come in to see him, it takes the Joker taking off his mask for harvey dent to react like you know how he does that like like sees yeah. in his yeah. bed to try and like oh i'm gonna kill you it only happens after the joker takes off his mask <laughs> as if he didn't know that's who it was before <laughs> which is like so funny to me i'm really looking forward to take three i know a lot about this movie just from being like obsessed with it for so long so i'm really excited to talk a lot about some of the stuff that I've just found out over the years that's going to be really cool. I am realizing that I'm really not, like, at all a DC fan, like, even a little bit. Literally, I just have love for these three movies with these actors and this storyline. I couldn't care for the new the new movies that are coming out, to be totally honest with you. Oh, wow. I very much echo those sentiments about the DC universe. I think really the only one that I enjoyed was Wonder Woman. Like that was really the only one I could really vibe with, but, and you know how I feel about superhero movies and action movies and stuff. And I actually really did enjoy the Snyder cut. And I think you would too. I'll I'll definitely give it a try. Superman was meant to be like the crux of DC for a long time before any of us were born. But when uh, when Burton made those Batman movies and that was so popular and then it just kept launching more Batman movies and, and Nolan revitalized it and then it just kept going, Batman is is the heart of DC, is the face of DC now. In whatever iteration, I, I feel like I'm always going to want to give it a shot, you know? I mean, I, for me, speaking on just on Batman, like when you put him up – with like people like superman or wonder woman or the flash like he really is just a man in armor and he doesn't look as magnificent and like powerful as he does in these in like these movies very good point yeah in the new ones a lot of times batman is like the one doing the detective work or he's he's, he he has to have some sort of special gun to be able to fight because these are gods that he's fighting with and he's just a man and like something's intriguing about that but there's also really something special about in a christopher nolan universe batman being like like the buck stops with him yeah this could be a fun like assignment or project but i'd be curious to know who both of you think would make a good next batman like, if you could think of one actor by Take 3, I think that would be fun. Robert Pattinson. Besides people who are either rumored to be, are going to be, or have been Batman already. Got it. Okay. Whatever happened to that? Is he still going to be Batman? Yeah, it uh, comes out in 2022. I think they moved it because of that whole deal with that Warner Brothers did this year where every movie that they make comes out day and date on HBO Max. 
And I think that Batman was like, no, thank uh, you. And they they moved to 2022. <laughs> also, like Robert Pattinson and I think several people wound up getting COVID on the set. But that wouldn't have pushed it back. But so far, I mean, this movie, I'm pretty sure would have been out by now, if not for COVID. Wouldn't wouldn't um, the new Halloween movie be out too? Yeah. So that would like we'd be looking forward to Halloween ends versus Halloween kills. Halloween kills comes out this October. That saddens me. And now ends comes out next. Jaden, way to just like punch him right in the jugular. Yeah, there. that, that was that really that really does suck because after seeing the like the newer Halloween, like they just made it. I think so much better. I know you have a lot of love for the original ones, but <laughs> I just love like the brutalness of him and just the. I think he's so much. He's such a much better. Uh, killer in the new ones like i totally understand where you're coming from uh, i remember showing trying to show you jordan the first halloween and being like i think we should probably watch the remake like i feel like this is not going to hold your attention like that movie is slow and it not a lot happens um they talk about the fact like really i mean f- i think five people wind up dying but like only three people that she actually knows uh it's really not that big of a deal by today's standards. Whereas in Halloween kills, like 10 people died in the trailer. So (laughs) like, I think it's going to be a massacre by today's standards. Now they have succeeded in bringing it into the 21st century and making it extremely brutal, which is what you need to do for a slasher movie nowadays, because the, creepy boogeyman standing outside just watching you is is still very scary to me and a lot of people but uh you're gonna need to do a lot more with today's audiences jared and i watched the texas chainsaw massacre again and we were we were (laughs) cackling at some of these scenes and how bad they actually were (laughs) i okay this is probably a quick take discussion but I just yesterday watched the first Hellraiser because Hellraiser is now going to be a killer on Dead by Daylight. Yep. Yep. And it sparked my interest. I remember seeing like one a long time ago, a couple of years ago, and fell in love with it. And uh, watching this one, I was like, this came out in the era of like all of these other slasher movies. And I feel like no one talks about it. And it was great. It was such a fantastic movie. It was gory. It was disturbing. It was like... The imagery that it it showed on screen was just so beyond anything I'd ever seen from that decade. And I don't know, it's it, it is I wanna have that discussion at some point because it, there there's very there are tons of very clear differences between between something like the original Halloween and the original Hellraiser and I don't know. I get what you mean. There are movies that are meant to scare you and then hellraiser and like Candyman. the reason why they are not as popular as freddie and michael and jason is because whereas these guys are mainstream killers about the kills and about scaring you hellraiser at least the first one and Candyman, at least the first one had messages they were they were they were thought provoking and that sometimes can drive away. I'm not kidding. Like oh, that, that is a sucks. thing. I don't agree that with sucks. that. I love those movies, but Ugh. I don't agree with that. But I that's know. the truth. 
I know. Uh, that just that Jason, hurts to hear. Jason is one of the most – Jason Voorhees, like if you saw his face, everyone on earth knows who Jason Voorhees is. If you see that hockey mask, you know what the hell that is, right? There is not one good Friday the 13th movie. Okay, the <laughs> remake, the remake I enjoy actually. Every single one but the remake sucks. I mean they – even the first one sucks. I remember writing a paper on it. In, in college, like comparing Halloween and Friday the 13th. And I just shit all over the Friday the 13th for like, I feel like it was like a five or six page paper. And that's just stuck with me. I'm like, I just had to go in and, and sort of look analytically at Friday the 13th. Those movies are terrible, but he's so fucking popular. I think I fell, I, I fell in love with some of them like two-ish years ago because like he is his own game on like playstation and xbox yeah. and i started playing that and that was really fun so i i went back and like i love the storyline maybe the movies aren't made you know like in the best way but i i still have interest in that character but i feel like all those movies back in like this some like texas chainsaw massacre was like 70 1975 or something like that they're, they are really, really old, and some of them are better than others, but I don't know. I'm... I think the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre was shocking and horrifying back then, but we are desensitized to a degree because we've seen things that have come out nowadays. You need more to thrill an audience. The remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre with Jessica Biel, that came out like in the early 2000s. That is so much more brutal, and like I actually like that movie. That is so much more terrifying and violent. That's that's what sold, and that's what sells now. Is you you gotta you gotta hit people harder than you did a long time ago. How did we wind up in a horror discussion? <laughs> I brought up Halloween. <laughs> I mean, we can talk about whatever we want to. I don't care, but like. Uh, yeah, I also want to. This isn't a preface because we're forty five minutes in, but like this, this is for everyone listening. Like this is an experience for me. Like I, you, I hope you guys enjoy it and whoever listens. But like this is solely an experience for for me at least. So I mean, you know, I mean, I, I hope you don't go in thinking like oh, I'm an expert like these two are. No, we want to hear your thoughts. We are we are so very glad that you are here and are going to give us your thoughts and your research on this movie. We would not have invited you on if we didn't have faith in that. <laughs> All right. Okay. Also, I feel like there are quick take opportunities. I would love to to just devour some of these older horror movies and uh, eventually talk about them. And I, that would be a blast to have you on. And that brings me to my next question. Do you have a letterbox yet? I, I do. I, I Did remember we, like, the last make time... him make one when, when he was last with us. Okay. Yeah. Let me rephrase this. Are you using your no. Yeah. No. That's what I thought. Son of a that's bitch. what I thought. All right. Cause you know, you can add things to your watch list and you can make lists and stuff and the movies we recommend you can put on those lists so that you can watch them. I will do that. I remember that I, we, I know I set it up the last time I was at your house, but I've watched a lot of movies since then. I just, Jane's just floating in the wind. He can't be confined to lists. <laughs> I can for you guys. Let him fly. <laughs> <laughs> 
no, it's all good. Um, but yeah, no, we definitely love, obviously we love talking about movies and it'd be awesome to talk about more movies with you. Yeah. And we say this in take one, Jaden is like one of our most dedicated listeners. Yeah, like truly, he truly. listens to us and, and gives us compliments. We're like, what, what the <laughs> fuck? No, it's hard work. And it's it's an enjoyable time. He's like, you guys do so good, and we're like, no, it's not that great. But it's f- it's fun. I'm glad that you think that. <laughs> I have had such a wonderful time in season three, and like, I'm so glad that we are finally doing this. I truly like this has been something that I've wanted to do for a long time, and Jordan just kept going, no, I fucking no, hate that yeah. little bastard. <laughs> yep. Uh, it's true. I don't want to have him on. He won't have anything to say. I mean, <laughs> he's just going to make fart noises the whole time. Yep. And he's, I was like... And I have. And yeah. I have. <laughs> I was like, come on. He might have something good to say. He's he's a smart young man. Well but he's educated. like four years old. What <laughs> can he four. even say? <laughs> I was born in 2017. <laughs> <laughs> he's a pandemic baby. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, I just now came to the realization that you weren't alive for 9-11, Jaden. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. I mean, like, he knows what it is, though. But, like, I I always thought that I was like, oh, you know, I'm... I'm old enough. I don't really. I, I'm not connected with anyone who wasn't born before 2001. I mean, as as that is a very, you know, memorable event, I think this pandemic has definitely affected more lives more severely. Yeah. So yeah. you're you're right. You know. Okay, well, you sorry. Know, it's, I didn't mean to we didn't mean to turn this into like a one up <laughs> contest. Well about, James you know, was trying to downplay nine eleven. He's like I lived <laughs> through COVID, so uh. <laughs> hold on though. Hold on. I like we've had like an influx of new babies in our lives. Like my sister just had a baby, your sister in law just had a baby, our aunt just had a baby, like one of our best friends just had a baby. And I was thinking about this the other day, like, we're going to have to explain what is going on now to them. You know what I mean? Like, they won't have any idea what the hell this, what is happening, all of the shit that's going on in the past two years of all the craziness, political and non-political. And like, I'm just going to be like, I don't know, go read a book. (laughs) (laughs) The littler kids are like living their childhood in in this pandemic that 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 sucks yeah i asked my six-year-old niece briley i didn't know you guys have heard me talk about her before i've asked her like do you know what covid is do you know what coronavirus is and she was like yeah it's the reason we have to wear masks and i'm like well do you know why you have to wear masks and she's like well it makes you cough (laughs) and i was like well it does yes it does make you cough and she's like yeah and it makes people sick and i was like Okay, that's good enough. Like, I feel like a six-year-old, like, it makes you sick. That's why you have to wear a mask. Funny how a six-year-old can understand that concept. Yeah. How crazy. <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't even mean to do that, but, like, I was just telling you what Riley said. But, yeah, totally. <laughs> All, like, small kids are so brutally honest. And, like, they like they just tell you straight up. I was helping my dad, you know, like, with this football team that he's coaching. And the oh, <laughs> And someone that he asked the question, he's like, "How many of you guys want to not be here right now?" And they were, and some of them were just like, "Me." <laughs> like, that would have been me. Like, Jesus Christ! How old are those kids that he's coaching? Like eight or nine. 
That's hysterical. Wow. That's so are you on the team? No. I... <laughs> Sorry. This is just only age jokes. Jane is 16 and like I would give anything to be 16 and not years old like I am right now. Uh, we are not that far apart in age, but I am old and you are young. So much better to be your age than mine is what I'm saying. Because I do not get <laughs> offense to any this is, of this. You're like 45. Get on yeah, my level. 45 I was going to say, this is actually Nick's second pandemic that he's lived through. So. <laughs> I remember the plague. <laughs> the Black Death. Yeah. And people tell me, like, because I, I, I was like, I don't know. I, I think I handled turning... Uh, a lot better than I thought I would because it's just been a rough couple of years. I, I definitely handled it better than I thought I would, but I was talking to a couple of people and it might even been you, Jordan. They've been like, well, you're as old as you feel. Age is just a number. And I'm like, well, I feel much older than I am. <laughs> like if I'm 20 huh, and I feel like I'm 70 something, uh, that's not good, right? <laughs> I don't know how old you are. Yes, you're you not do. thirty yet, are you? No, I'm not. I'm twenty four. What? No, wait. Wait. I'm just twenty four. Shut the fuck up, you jerk face. He's making faces at him, like, oh, he's lying. Jordan, I'm. Are you? Are you actually twenty four? I'm gonna kick you no. off this call. No, wait, he's yeah, not that's impossible. You're definitely not. How old are I'm you? I'm twenty five. Fine. I don't understand. How is it? Stop! What are you doing? What are you Another doing? Nothing. He's making weird. Weird symbols. I don't know. He's sticking fingers up. I don't appreciate this it. This is the this is my new gang sign, Jaden. Oh, you're you're not I'm even, nineteen. I don't understand. <laughs> you're nine. You're nine <laughs> years old. <laughs> He's this many. Okay, here's the thing, and I know what your response is. It always is the same exact thing. We are eight months apart, and you will be joining me next April, and you're gonna say what? I'll never be as old as you. Yeah, bam. Never. Except when I die because I'm so upset because of all the torture that I get about my (laughs) age, and then you become older than me because I died at 29, and you. Yeah, but then I'll just be like, I'll just be like, ha ha! I I outlived you, bitch. Like I'll still (laughs) win. (laughs) So what a hypocrite! Hypocrite that you're being. That you're you're getting annoyed that you're being bullied about your age yet doing the same thing to me that's that's my whole thing i I, (laughs) yes absolutely huge hypocrite absolutely bam also would have been cool to to turn 30 with bo burnham in quarantine that would have been sick that 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 scene with the clock fucking hurt that hurt so bad i that that was not okay i remember when i was about to watch that you texted me Jordan and we're like hey look this is incredible you need to watch this but there is something in there that might be a little triggering for you and I was like watching it like what the hell am I about to watch and you know it was the 30 thing and I'm like okay I was able to I got through it but that came uh, from a genuine place of concern I appreciate that you know I appreciate that absolutely I've now moved that movie to my favorite movie of all time it's a good one. Oh my gosh i love that movie yeah that's awesome have you it's seen his so, other specials yeah i me and jared sat down and watched like a show about him just trying to be famous oh it's it's somebody else's name it's not like yeah he has it's a, like nate something i don't know i can't remember but i know exactly what you're talking about we watched that and it's hilarious yeah he's just really funny zach stone 
Yeah, Zach, Zach Stone, Stone yep. is going to be famous. Yep. He's just gifted. He's really gifted. Have you seen? Did you watch um, Promising Young Woman yet? No, I listened to take one of that episode, and I was like, I should probably see this because <laughs> it sounded like a good movie. Yeah, yeah, it's a really, really good movie. It's it's fantastic. Is that on HBO Max too? No, I'll never use a uh, illegal website for movies. <laughs> yeah don't yeah buy download movies or go to the theater and and watch yep. them okay wait speaking of theaters where are you guys on theaters like when it comes to going and seeing movies in theaters like how do you feel like right in in the time that we are in right now or just in yeah general? like right now i mean i know that like shang chi is coming out and that's september 3rd so that's not very far away at all i saw black widow when it was in theaters we have a theater that closed and then it reopened and they like renovated it and it's like really nice it's like 10 minutes away from my house they're like smaller theaters and there's like nobody who goes so there was like two other people in the theater and we purposely went because we knew that there wasn't going to be as many people there as as if we went to like like one of the bigger ones and we were like masked up and that's great watched it i think that's fair whether somebody tells you not to go out to the movies or not i think that was safe yeah i mean that's like our best case scenario going to like an empty theater definitely yeah yeah definitely those are my thoughts as well i think if if there is a movie that i'm like really itching to see in theaters i will probably book it for like a tuesday afternoon or something so it's yeah not as full um yeah but i miss it like i still would like to do it i feel like i've seen at least one or two. Since, yeah, it was Old and the Second Escape Room movie. Those are the two that I've seen post-closing down, I guess. Um, so I, I saw like one safe movie and one not safe. Like I saw Spiral and I was one of three people in the theater and it was a big-ass yeah. theater. And then I saw Old at a serve-you-dinner theater, uh, <laughs> like sitting up, <laughs> being served food the whole time mask off <laughs> yeah he was like this shoving it <laughs> well yeah i mean you have to you can't eat with the mask on yeah <laughs> i had it on when i wasn't eating but like i was eating the whole time so yeah. you know I, I, I don't know i'm also saving my uh my spiral experience until i come down to your house again jordan oh yes i'm very much looking forward to watching it with you that's gonna be awesome i have seen it uh and i okay. definitely know that nick's seen it obviously uh, yeah. but I, I would watch it again it was it was fun oh for yes sure. i'm very much looking forward to watching it with you that's gonna be awesome i am such a huge fan of batman this is the definitive best batman movie um, regardless of how specific elements have been maybe done better in other movies or whatever, this is the best Batman movie, bar none. I mean, it, it just it, it's just incredibly well made. I really, I'm I'm really looking forward to talking more about this with you guys. But I feel like this has been a really long episode. How long has it been, Jane? An hour and three. Hour and three. Okay, so I don't know how long it'll be when it comes to like Editing, once I edit it down, yeah. but um, hour and three. We're actually not doing too bad. That's yeah. about how long it's been for the other ones. Also, I got a quick question. Did you get the tattoo specifically from this movie, or did you just get it like? Yeah. So you love Batman. This movie came out in two thousand and eight. Uh 
the summer of 2008, and I would have been 16. And I got this tattoo in the fall of 2008. Oh, okay. So I saw this movie, fell in love with it, and was like, bam, get, I have to get a Batman tattoo. It has, like, the blue around it, which, I don't know, It's it's there's, like, one of the posters where, where the, the symbol is being lit up by blue behind it. Yeah. Like, a picture of that is what I gave the guy. I just fucking love this movie, and I always have. <laughs> since I was your age. Honestly, since I was your age. Since you were four. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take three. This taco shit has got to go. I'm going to do this whole episode as a taco. <laughs> no. I found the little thing that lets me do faces on Facebook. And now I can turn myself into anything I want to. Look. My pizza. When my family calls me, I always try to do this one. The pizza? Uh-huh. It's I a good like one. pizza. Oh, and look, he'll lick it, he'll eat himself. Yeah, bam. <laughs> you know what I noticed? That is not necessarily a bad thing, but I listened to your episode that you did with the girls, uh, and you say bam a lot. You're like, and bam. Oh, yeah. And bam. Well, so that was to like be like excitement, like bam, like this just happened out of nowhere because I was describing I still know what you did last summer with the We Explain Movie Girls. And if you don't know who We Explain Movies are, they are a, a podcast. <laughs> I <that> swear <laughs> to Jesus Christ <laughs> Almighty. <laughs> that was really fun. I enjoyed it. That's an episode at We Explain Movies, and you guys should go listen to it. I, yeah, I, I say Bam a lot. You're right. That, that is a good point. That was like written in my notes, though. I wrote Bam a lot. No, I believe that. I believe that. And you say it a lot in real life, too. Like, it didn't surprise me, and it's not like it's a bad thing or anything, but it was just an observation. I'm a (laughs) jack-o'-lantern. This is coming from the same person who's always like, oh, I don't want our episodes to be three million years long. Wait, are we recording right now? Are we going? Yeah. Why not? (laughs) (laughs) Why not, Jaden? Did you not? That makes it so much better. (laughs) Did you not hit record? No, I am. It's just I I didn't know we were going to use this. Oh, yeah, I guess. I was like, Jesus Christ, if he hasn't been recording this whole time, (laughs) like you clapped and everything. No, we're good. We're good. Okay. So welcome to Take Three, bitches. We're going to talk about The Dark Knight more. Can you go back to the scary filter? Which one? The scary one. I am on I'm a pumpkin. Yeah, I know. There was a one that you did that was even scarier than that. It's like when you joined. That's, that's the you. one. Yeah, whatever the default one was. <laughs> could, you, could you go back to that one? Uh, ooh. God. Nick. This is cute. Guys, I gotta go to bed. It's bedtime. There's a little bear underneath the covers. Dog. I feel like it's been a running joke this season of guests that the guests are going to take over my job. I might just give it away. I might just be like, all right, I'm out. Someone else can step in. Can't deal with this shit no more. (sighs) I understand. No, you don't. (laughs) So this movie was obviously like a really big deal when it opened up. It had a $533 million domestic, 
gross and a $469 million international, which adds up to about $1.003 billion. So it just got over that billion dollar mark, right? So with over $1 billion, it became the fourth highest grossing film at the time, the highest grossing film of 2008, and it also set the record for the highest grossing domestic opening with $158 million. And it had that record for actually three years. This was actually the first comic book movie to reach $1 billion mark worldwide. That's a huge deal. It also destroyed Batman Begins, which is the first movie in this trilogy's box office numbers. That movie only grossed $371 million worldwide. The Dark Knight made more money than Batman Begins' entire domestic run in six days. Holy shit. <laughs> To this day, The Dark Knight is the second highest grossing Batman film. Do you guys have any idea what the first highest grossing Batman film is? <laughs> I'm going to go to The Dark Knight Rises. Yes, that's exactly right. Good job. Okay. <laughs> the Dark Knight Rises. The Dark Knight Rises uh, made just a little bit more money than this did. It made $1.082 billion. So, I mean, I don't want to say $79 million is a little bit of money, but in the relative <laughs> sense of things. Yeah. It also did really well with critics. It has a 94% critic rating and audience rating on Rotten Tomatoes. And their little critic consensus sentence uh, that I love to read is dark, complex, and unforgettable. The Dark Knight succeeds not just as an entertaining comic book film, but as a richly thrilling crime saga. I love that. <laughs> and at 94%, it's the highest rated Batman movie on Rotten Tomatoes. And for the record, three and four on this list of highest Rotten Tomato scores out of all the Batman movies are The Dark Knight Rises with 87% and Batman Begins with 84%. Can you guess number two? This made me happy. I, I honestly don't know. No, I cannot <laughs> guess to answer your question. <laughs> the Lego Batman movie with 90%. Oh, oh I God. didn't even think of those movies. <laughs> I've I've seen that one. It was I don't I wouldn't have given it that high of a score. Have Have you guys seen that one? Yeah, I don't think I have. I liked it. I think I liked the, the original Lego Movie better, but I I think I'm Lego Movie out. I thought the only Lego Movie that I've seen with Batman and it was the Lego Movie. I didn't yeah. even know there was a, a Batman Lego Movie. Well, he was so popular that they gave him his own movie. Does somebody else want to go? Yeah, are you done? With that section, yeah. Thank God. Okay, upon its release, <laughs> this movie was actually ranked... Okay, so two days within the movie releasing, it was ranked number one as IMDb's greatest movie of all time. Right now, it's number four. Can you guess what the top three are? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, guess. So, Godfather 2 uh -huh. is up there. Uh, Shawshank Redemption is number one. Uh-huh. And number three, ooh, is it both Godfathers? Yeah, it's both Godfathers. Bam! The fact <laughs> that he knew that is not yeah. fair. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's crazy. You mentioned it's one of the highest grossing um, movies for comics, and in my research, I realized, like, it is pulling from comics that were 
written like years and years and years ago and i th- believe the uh the comic the killing joke was uh, a lot of inspiration for heath ledger's joker and the way that he performed his character i could see that yeah that's a uh very maniacal joker yeah i kind of wanted to talk about in my research i dived into the way that heath ledger prepped to do this role it's crazy to me how when i looked up some of the stuff that he did to prep for this like he put in like weeks of preparation to prepare himself for this role like for example he locked himself in a hotel for a little over a month to try and perfect um this personality and like his laugh and 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 the voice and stuff like that so like the dedication to getting into that mindset to do that is was crazy to me and to hear about what he tried to do to perfect this role was was awesome some people can get into it a lot easier but some actors need to be method and need to exist as that character for a long time to actually get into the role and that makes total sense right but what's hard about it is the fact that he passed away and there are a lot of i think there are a lot of questions as to like what this role did to him psychologically and if that led to his ultimate demise i didn't really look into that because it's really tragic that's a that's a dark topic to touch yeah. on. Yeah, I, I, yeah. It's a hard truth to face that the brilliance of this character was brought on by submerging someone in a really deep and dark place. And I don't know whether or not that was something that put him over the edge. So while I was going through articles and stuff, that was like a point of question. From what I saw, Christian Bale and the people that he was working with were saying like he was happiest playing this role. Like he was like in love with filming and doing this role and and acting as this character. And while that can be true, that maybe this put him into, you know, like a bad headspace. According to the people he was working with, he was happiest doing this role than not doing it. And just like regular life so that's great i think about that sometimes i think about that when i watch this movie sometimes i really really hope they didn't have anything to do with each other he even carried around like in my research he carried around a diary where like he would like write down different things and different inspirations he got it from like clockwork orange came into it a lot apparently in the in the last page of his diary it was like in big like letters it said like bye bye oh wow yeah, it, it's crazy. If you have seen Clockwork Orange, Malcolm McDowell's character, like you can 100% tell that that was like a, a pretty big inspiration for, sure. uh, for the Joker. Uh, speaking of phenomenal actors in this trilogy, I know this isn't the movie we're covering, but uh, was it last night, maybe two nights ago, I attempted to watch Dark Knight Rises. Attempted? So, <laughs> all right, spoilers for The Dark Knight Rises, but as soon as, what's her name? Cotillard? Marion Cotillard. As soon as she was in it, I was like, oh, I remember a movie where she turns out to be the bad guy. Which one was it? And then I realized that it was like, oh, it was this one. And I think I was like really, really sleepy, so I never actually finished it. However, uh, <sighs> <they're> <laughs> the one actor that I can absolutely praise as being probably even just as good as Heath Ledger is Anne Hathaway and the way that she can just flip her emotions on a dime. The, like the first, when we first see her and she's stealing the pearls and she goes from that, like, like, Oh, I'm so sorry face to the oops. (laughs) It's just like, Oh my God, it's, it's 
amazing. And then when she's in that bar and it's getting shot up and she's being all like awesome and actiony, and then the police come in and she is horrified and she's just screaming in agony. Yeah. That was so insane to me. And I was like, I, I have to bring this up because I know everyone praises Heath Ledger. He's obviously he's great, but if like if anyone needs to be praised, it's the casting department because they know how to pick the winners for for, sure. for these movies. Oh, absolutely. And and they know how to pick people that are completely outside the box because both Heath Ledger and Anne Hathaway were complete long shots when it came to yeah. <laughs> like nobody expected that. People I remember I remember being a fan when Anne Hathaway was cast and I was excited, but oh my god, were a lot of people up in arms. Like she can't be like cheat, blah, blah, blah. I mean, they had every excuse in the book. Mm-hmm. And I don't hear those people now because say what you want about that movie's uh, story and, and pacing and all of that. I think most people can agree that she did a great job. Yeah. Also speaking on, on that, <laughs> this is kind of funny. Isn't Tom, Tom Hardy plays Bane, right? Yeah. He's he's like five nine. How did yeah. he look so tall in that movie? I did read that he had to have like uh like risers in his shoes to make him appear taller <laughs> because of that fact, because he was only five nine. Uh so yes, you are correct that that uh that, that had to be adjusted for the role. <laughs> I remember this uh, again, this isn't the Dark Knight Rises episode, but I remember seeing like it somewhere in my research that he was like he was Bane. And I was like, he's like not tall. So I like, <laughs> I like looked him up. He was fine. Now he's like, how tall is Christian Bale? And he's like six foot. <laughs> you would be surprised the kind of things that they do to make actors appear taller. Like I know that there have been Tom Cruise movies where they make the co-leads and the people he's in scenes with stand in holes so that oh my he God. appears <laughs> to be taller. <laughs> Yeah, because Tom Cruise isn't very tall either. No, he's he? he's not. I mean, like I don't, these people aren't like little people, but they're, they're average. They're just yeah, yeah like yeah. average height. Whereas you know your typical muscular, gorgeous leading man is like six two, and that's just not always the case. Uh, so yeah. they use movie magic to get away with a lot of stuff. I think it's pretty clever, honestly. While we're on the cast tip, Jordan asked us to to think of oh fuck. <laughs> of a Batman role to be played by somebody else. <laughs> Guess who forgot to do their own assignment? What was the question even? Who would be a good uh, Batman like who would... to play, like a recast? Oh. What actor would you pick to play Batman? Okay, I can think of one. You okay, so clearly forgot. only one of us did this assignment. Okay, yeah, right. no, I just did it in my head. <laughs> <laughs> Mine are probably bad, but I just like these actors. Go. Oh. <laughs> I picked up Keanu Reeves. To, oh hell to play yeah, Batman! Oh, I love yeah. Keanu Reeves. Hell Everybody yeah. like who the hell would knock a Keanu Reeves Batman? The only the only thing would be like his hair. Like I feel like the hair would be an issue because it's a little it's like a longer. They can cut that. It'll grow back. Yeah, you can wear a wig or cut it or do whatever. But I wouldn't want him to cut his beautiful hair. But uh, he, I mean, he could. Uh, and it would yep. grow back eventually. He is going to go down in history as being in some of the movies with like the greatest action ever. He could totally do that. I would love to see like a really, really action heavy Batman movie. I know Jordan would not, but I would. (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> I love the way that Christopher Nolan actually shoots action, though. I don't think he gets enough credit for that. In the Dark Knight, like, wasn't that the first movie um, done on IMAX? So he, like, shot a bunch of sequences in IMAX, like the car chase, the bank heist, the building jump, to name a few. But um, yeah, this is actually the first narrative feature-length film to use IMAX to this scale. On those IMAX camera things, there were only four in existence when this movie was filmed. He broke one of them. He was on <laughs> set, and one of them fucking broke. <laughs> yeah. And they cost, I think they said, $500,000 for one of them. Yeah. It was not just broken, it was destroyed. And yeah, it totaled. Yeah, yeah, totaled, for sure. And uh, it was during the car chase. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you never told me who your uh, recast would be for, like, who do you think a Batman would be, Nick? Oh, you had multiple ones, though, didn't you? Me? No, Gene. I kind of just wrote it just to, to add another one. I had Jake Gyllenhaal as, as another one. Oh, uh, I would love Jake Gyllenhaal as Batman. I don't, yeah, I don't know 100% about that one because I feel like he's one of the only movies that I can remember seeing him in in like a superhero action movie would be um, Far From Home or, or Home. Yeah, Far From Far Home. Far From Home, yeah. For yeah. Spider-Man. I, I, I always get those mixed up. Um, where he is the superhero Mysterio. Yeah, and or Jesus not Christ. superhero villain. <laughs> Did anybody like not see that coming? Like Mysterio is okay. Mysterio is <laughs> a bad guy. Like if you ever fucking heard of Mysterio, it's because he's a bad guy. I'm sorry. Continue. <laughs> so like, I don't know how serious he would get with Batman or not, but. Um, I think I think it'd be kind of cool to see. Watch the movie Nightcrawler. Um, that's homework. Oh my God. Watch the movie Nightcrawler. Uh, All right. That's the kind of Batman I would like to see. I think uh, Robert Pattinson is playing like a Batman who's dealing with like mental health issues. I think Jake Gyllenhaal could could do that kind of Batman as well. I'm I'm Sweet. really looking forward to the next Batman movie we're gonna get. It's gonna be dope. Are we uh -oh. gonna get one? Yeah, uh, 2022, so next oh. year. Um, Did not know that. A movie called The Batman, starring Robert Pattinson. It's got the Riddler in it. It's got Catwoman in it. Do we have cast members for those villains yet? Zoe Kravitz is Catwoman. I think Paul Dano is the Riddler. Oh, my God. I know. I know. Oh, oh my God. You guys, like, there's a trailer out. No, there's not. Are you kidding me? There probably is. I'm sorry. You've seen oh, I'll it. I'll watch it after. You've I, seen it. I don't it. remember it. Jeffrey Wright is um, Detective Gordon. or With all of Gordon, these people or... in it? Are they in the trailer? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, well, so, okay, <laughs> so Paul Dano is the Riddler, and the Riddler has a very interesting mask on. So I can't wait. I can't wait. God, speaking of trailers, this is not a Spider-Man episode, but that trailer last yesterday was crazy. <laughs> oh my god. That is something I I appreciate you bringing up because holy shit, I'm excited. And it like doesn't tell tell us anything we didn't already know. Like we facts. It's facts. <laughs> I mean, like we knew what was coming. We knew what was about to to go down. I thought I think it was interesting because uh Jaden, have you been watching Loki? Yeah, I watched them all. Okay, so I thought that like the end of Loki and what happens at the end of that show was going to in some way propel us into what's the crazy thing that's happening in Spider-Man No Way Home. 
Uh, yeah. But it doesn't seem to be. It seems to be just something that Doctor Strange fucked up. So I don't know how it's all going to fit together. Like, I remember thinking Wanda was going to, you know, push us into the multiverse. And then I thought Sylvie was going to do it. And now maybe it's Doctor Strange. Who the fuck knows? Well, there's, there's a lot of theories out there. In what instance have you seen Doctor Strange willingly do something that, like, risky? That is bizarre. He definitely seemed like he was acting out of character for sure. And I don't understand why his whole house was covered in snow. Did y'all see that? <laughs> yeah, like, why are yeah. you living in an ice palace right now? That's that's like <laughs> weird. Some frozen crossover. I do love that he was wearing a hoodie under his cape. I thought that was so adorable. Yeah. It was so cute. Yeah. It's yeah. so weird how like goofy Benedict Cumberbatch can look and then just how unbelievably beautiful he can look too. It's like he bumps back and forth. I'm like, what? <laughs> what sort of mutant are you? He's just he's just a very wonderful actor and I'm very very glad he is in that movie. Okay, should we jump back? Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um my consideration for a Batman is uh Michael Keaton. Uh moving on. No wait, uh, I never was... gave mine. <laughs> oh shit, yeah, go ahead. Okay, I know this is kind of like like, this would have to be a while from now because this actor just played a character that has a lot of the same attributes as Batman, but it's Idris Elba. Shut the fuck up! That was mine! Oh, really? Wait, asshole! You said Michael Keaton! You said Michael, you just Keaton. Said Michael Keaton! That was a fucking joke because he's already been Batman! Oh my god! <laughs> oh, god, that, I'm so mad! Oh, wow, you had that in your head for like two whole minutes. I know you must be mad. I'm mad. Damn it. He's great as, what is his name? Bloodshot. Blood, bloodshot, maybe, right? Blood, death shot? No, death stroke. <laughs> crossbones. No, Crossbones is in Marvel. What the fuck is his name? Dude, also, Michael Keaton is almost 70 years old. That yes. was the joke, Jaden. No, but he's, he's coming back. He's going to be Batman in the Flash movie and... They were talking about having him come back in another movie to do a sort of like Batman Beyond role. Have you guys ever heard of what Bat? Do you guys know what Batman Beyond is? That's not the Tim Burton one, is it? No. So Batman Beyond is a um, was a cartoon, and there was this guy named Terry McGinnis. Basically, it takes place way in the future, and Bruce Wayne is older, and he plays like a mentor role to a new Batman there were rumors swirling that that was what might happen so that the Tim Burton universe might continue in some way. So I'm, I'm very excited for that. That would be awesome. And there's no reason, no reason at all why Catwoman should not be in the flash. Why Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman should not be in the flash because have you seen Batman returns, Jaden? No. Okay. Homework, (laughs) write this shit down. All right, watch Batman 1989 and then watch Batman Returns, which is its sequel. Okay, will do. And they are both directed by Tim Burton and both star Michael Keaton. And the first one has Jack Nicholson in it as the Joker, which I'll talk about in a little bit. And the second one has Danny DeVito as uh, the Penguin. If you don't know who Danny DeVito is, he's on that show that's run for like 15 seasons that's all about the state you live in. Danny DeVito is a legend. <laughs> okay, good. And then Michelle Pfeiffer, the Wasp's mom in Ant-Man and the Wasp, Janet Van Dyne. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, she, before she became the Wasp's mom, 
she played Catwoman in what is like one of the most memorable superhero roles ever, 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 ever. So you've got to watch both of those movies. Okay, I will. I don't know if you'll think that they're good. I don't know if you'll enjoy them, but like they are essential viewing for someone that uh, that thinks that these movies are good. Do you think they're good? I like the I like number two better. I don't. I, this is maybe a hot take. I really think Tim Burton's overrated as fuck. Uh, <laughs> I really don't. Honestly, I, nowadays, probably I'd, I'd agree with you. Probably. To be honest with you, like there are maybe five Tim Burton movies that I even like can watch. Like I, I just don't. I I don't think I've liked a Tim Burton movie in a very long time. He did like Dumbo. He did. Um, that that orphanage movie the peculiar Mrs. Oh, Miss Peregrine's. peculiar yeah. children yeah yeah i'm just not a fan of his but those two movies i remember liking compared to these movies they're not you know this is not the same <laughs> batman but because the flash is going to come out and because you probably will want to see that because it's going to be a big deal you should watch that even though i know you're not a big supporter of dc I think it's coming. I think the movies that are going to pull you in are coming. Okay. I'm very excited about the future of the DCEU. Did you watch Suicide Squad? The newest one? Yeah. Yes, I did. Did you like it? I thought it was a really funny, good movie. Well, there's a DC movie you liked. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it would be. This kept me up at night. I'm like, man, he doesn't like DC movies. Like, I literally, like, woke up screaming the other night because I was like, Jaden doesn't like DC movies. What the fuck? What's going on? <laughs> That's It's funny that you brought that up because um, I had something about, um, I don't know how to s- pronounce his last name, but David Dast- Desmalchian. David Desmalchian. So he was obviously in this movie in the dark night and apparently he was a recovering addict and this kind of like set him into like something to work for and and to like start acting that's awesome was this the polka dot guy yeah so this is polka dot man but he's also in ant-man he's like one of the thief friends of ant-man you know oh yeah um, michael pena and uh there's michael pena and then ti uh for some reason and then (laughs) And then the other one's David Desmarchin. Yeah, so it was it was kind of cool to to kind of go back now that we're doing this episode and see that now he's in Suicide Squad, which he was great in. He's kind of like like probably the quietest character, but his powers were sick in that movie. Yes, and the visuals with his mom were I <laughs> thought I was gonna die laughing, especially at the end. Those were um, great, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that movie, there's, I I go back and forth on who's, like, my favorite and who I love the most, but, like, I would say everybody that survives, those, like, the people that survive are the people that I was like, oh, my God, you have to live. I have to see more of you at some point. Very pumped up about that movie. I remember watching it with Jordan, and we, like, were, like, laughing and excited the whole time, and then at the end, Jordan was like, yeah, I'd probably never watch that again, but it was fine. It's like, fuck. Really? It's not wrong. I yes, because action movies are like my favorite thing ever. True. So obviously, yeah. I'm gonna keep watching it. No, it was fun. I I enjoyed it, but I think for my Letterboxd review, I was like, I don't have 
the knowledge or the interest in this genre to be able to like accurately portray how I feel about this movie, which it was truly, fun. I really liked it, which you might as well have lit me on fire. I, it's this. I was devastated. I was like, Jordan, what the absolute fuck? Oh my God. What do we do on here? We talk about movies and you don't have to, you don't have to know shit about the, the movie. I want to redo. I want you to watch that movie again and give me an actual review. What? What's the, like the animal thing? I don't remember his name. He Nanawe? He no, like the the, in Suicide oh, Squad. Weasel. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> See that thing was so weird. <laughs> It's so funny though. Were you in that group chat? I don't know if you were, Nick, but Courtney sent me a photo. Someone had photoshopped the weasel into scenes of the cat in the hat as the cat in the hat. So if you can imagine like this like bug eyed creature (laughs) with a striped hat on in this like imaginary colorful world, it it had me dying. It was so funny. I think I have seen that. I don't know if, if, it was in that group chat or just like online or something. That is really fucking funny. I think it was Courtney. <laughs> Apologize, apologies to the other girls if it was someone else, but yeah, it. it Courtney's it from good. a podcast called We Explain Movies, and I, oh, Jesus. Movies is, okay. <laughs> okay, let, let me guys. talk about the Oscars. No, what do you want? Not yet. Before we move past the casting, I just thought this was be this would be a really fun um, segment. Uh, there were lots and lots and lots of considerations for all of these characters in all three of these films. And I just want to go over some of them for the Joker, uh, Paul Bettany, who plays vision, Adrian Brody, Steve Carell. Oh my goodness. And Robin Williams were all considered for this role. And I want to see all four of them play a Joker. I'd love to see what that looks like. It's funny, Jaden, that you bring up Jake Gyllenhaal because the writer of this movie originally wanted him to play Batman. And I think that would be hysterical if it did work out considering <laughs> who took over uh, Rachel's character in this movie. That would have been hysterical. Yeah. Wouldn't it also have been hysterical judging by who wound up actually playing the Joker? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I don't get it. Okay, yeah. Oh so, Jaden, there's this movie that you probably aren't going to enjoy. It's called Brokeback oh, Mountain. Oh, Broke, yeah. And, oh, my uh, God. That's not that one of your hilarious. homework assignments. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to watch that no. one. Uh, good movie, but probably not for you. That never even crossed my mind. <laughs> the point is that they would both, you know, they were both in that movie and they were together. So. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, that's that would hysterical. be that would be memed out of the ass. I did. I literally had no. I didn't know that he was considered for Batman already. I did. Yeah. I literally had no clue. And <laughs> the fact that it ties all the way through it like that. Oh, no, I was just talking about his sister being the love interest. I swear to God. <laughs> I swear to God. Can't. God. I thought I muted it. I swear. That's. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Moving on, Anthony Hopkins was offered the part for Alfred, but he declined. Uh, Matt Damon, Hugh Jackman, Ryan Phillippe were all considered for Dent. Who cares? This one, though, the last one, Marilyn Manson was considered for the Scarecrow. Can you imagine Marilyn Manson as the Scarecrow? Yes, I think it would right? be a very different movie. I don't know. Like, Still, though, like... 
Killian Murphy does such a good job of being scary, but also seeming like very professional. Like he could be like a psychiatrist. Like it, yeah, it makes sense. Whereas I don't know how much I would believe uh, that Marilyn Manson was just like a normal person. You know, I think yeah. I just think that like the direction and the writing and the casting was so good in this movie that I just want to see a version. I want to be in the universes where these actors actually did play these characters because. That just sounds like... We need to go find Doctor Strange. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Talk about your damn Oscars. Okay. So this movie, I talked about this in the past, but I'm going to talk more about it. This movie got nominated for eight Oscars. It won That's two so of them. crazy. Jaden, did you have anything else to say? <laughs> Holy shit. Why don't you... No hey, way. Do you guys want to see a magic trick? <laughs> <laughs> I have this pencil here. <laughs> It was nominated for Best Art Direction, Best Cinematography, Best Film Editing, Best Makeup, Best Sound Mixing, Best Visual Effects, and then it won Best Sound Editing and Best Supporting Actor for Heath Ledger. So Heath Ledger altogether posthumously won a total of 32 Best Supporting Actor Awards. He won the Oscar, the Golden Globe, the BAFTA Award, the SAG Award, and the Critics' Choice Award. Jeez. So by the time the Oscars rolled around, it was pretty obvious that he was going to win. <laughs> yeah. For a split second, I felt bad for Jack Nicholson that he's been the only good cinematic Joker to not win an Oscar for his performance. But then I remember that he had been nominated at that time for nine Oscars and at that point won two of them. Oh, my God. And uh, <laughs> then he went on to get another three nominations and he won one more Oscar, so he's fine. He has three Oscars. It's kind of cool that, like, aside from Cesar Romero, uh, who played the Joker in Adam West's Batman in the 1966 film, every other live-action cinematic Joker has at least one Oscar. That's awesome. Because Jack Nicholson does. Heath Ledger won it for it. Joaquin Phoenix won it for it. Jared Leto had an Oscar for Dallas Buyers Club. So I think that's pretty cool. Sweet. Okay, I just I wanted to go over. I don't know if you guys saw this, but the hospital explosion scene was like controversial on how it played out. I saw in different videos and articles that they had planned him to pause and like mess with the remote, and like that was all scripted. But then in other in other articles that they say that that was completely improv on Heath's, and it was supposed to like drive away and then blow up the rest. I. Totally understand what you mean because I've heard conflicting reports and I have no idea what, what it is. I was going to ask, like, I, I was wondering if, if you guys both saw that. So, like, I can't give it a, a definitive answer here, but articles say that it was scripted. Others say that it wasn't um, and it was supposed to blow up after they drove away. But I just thought that was something funny to to kind of bring up there. Yeah, I, I like the idea that it was more improv than it went wrong, yeah. but it's still like, like I, that scene is fantastic, you know? Yeah, yep, yep, for sure. Uh, about that explosion, I do know that there were like dozens of 911 calls ar around the area because people thought like a real hospital had exploded. So, oh my God. I think people really thought it was a hospital, it's a terrorist attack or something. Yeah, so I think that's what it was. People thought it was an actual terrorist attack. What I read was that it was an abandoned candy factory that they, like, remade into a hospital. 
Oh, and nice. I also I also did come across that fact that uh, it, that that part was improvised, which would make sense because they had one opportunity to opportunity right. to blow up this building because it was it was yeah. a real building it was a real explosion right but i was also like after i read that i was like oh they could have just planned it they could have just said like set it to delay and then uh, so I, yeah i don't really know it seems more like something they would have written like it seems like something the joker would do would have to like mess with it and then it would explode and then he would you know what i mean yeah versus uh him having to improvise that but i like the idea that he improvised it more same because yeah. then Heath said, he's like, oh, let me try this. Because let's hope he doesn't mess up because yeah. we got one try at this. <laughs> exactly. Like, stay in character, man. Although I don't I don't think he had a problem staying in character. Because I, no, I heard no. stories yeah. that in that very scene when um, he was with... Jesus Christ. Harvey? Harvey Dent? Yeah, I was trying to say Aaron Eckhart. But yeah, uh, Aaron Eckhart like, recalled this part where before they were like acting, they were he was just sort of walking around. Uh, in the room and Heath Ledger like got up in Aaron Eckhart's face and Aaron Eckhart like threw up his hand to like I guess block himself you know and then the Joker like grabbed his hand and it was like this very intense moment that Aaron Eckhart has recalled and um, then after the scene played out and then they finished like Heath Ledger as Heath Ledger was like that was acting like that (laughs) Yeah, that's so cool. I thought that was neat that they had that like little experience before the cameras even rolled. I liked that. And I mean, clearly, like that is like one of the best scenes in the movie. Oh, for sure. It's so good. I also read somewhere. This is probably a TikTok from a while ago. And I feel like if it were true, I would have come across it during my research. So I don't know how much uh, weight to put into this. But the scene where he has Maggie Gyllenhaal by the face and he's like threatening her with that with a knife at the party. Apparently the scene didn't call for a knife in the beginning and he kind of pulled one out on her. So like her reactions were genuine. Um, I don't know if that's the case. I don't think that's the case. It kind of feels very similar to that uh, Django scene where he has a bloody hand and he's putting it on Kerry Washington's face like that. It seems like a, a danger on the set that you probably shouldn't. Well, I don't any know. knife he would have would have been fake. Well, true. But like, I mean, he's... Uh, and then yeah, the blood right. on Kerry Washington's face would have had to have been fake, but they just cut it. Like I think, well, I think I'm saying I'm saying if it wasn't like if the blood wasn't yeah. fake, yeah. Um, so I think the blood was fake, and I think the knife was fake. And I feel like you that was a TikTok that you sent me because I also had heard that back. That's not yeah. in my research, but I I was like, oh, that I remember hearing that or seeing that that uh, party scene. I have a couple things on that. Um, when he when he came through the elevator, apparently um, Michael Caine, who was um, Alfred. Alfred, yeah, yeah. He apparently he had a line and he forgot it because he was so actually frightened from his <laughs> from Heath Ledger's entrance, and he was just like a, he was like actually frightened, and he did and he forgot his line. That's awesome. So apparently he was supposed to have a line when he came up, and he was just like, I don't remember what I'm supposed to say. That's awesome. I love that. <laughs> yeah this is kind of the my only problem with this movie that i can like actually have reason for it is throughout the movie and specifically in this party scene like after he throws 
Rachel out of the window and Batman goes to get her, like Joker kind of just disappears. And this happens like a lot, like once, like in, in after the hospital blows up, he gets on the bus and he just kind he just disappears. Like and then like after the um like shooting scene when Gordon after he gets shot, he kind he just disappears. Like and that's obviously on purpose, but like he just he just vanishes and we don't know where he goes. I don't know. That's kind of like the only problem that I have. I understand that idea but i think you can attribute not knowing his origin story to the same idea of him just being this enigmatic agent of chaos that comes in does something ridiculous and then is gone yeah it just seems really easy to just sort of like oh he's there now he's not and we don't have to deal with that but uh i feel like the movie is so fast-paced like i don't know where you would fit something like that in any way right i can understand like why they did it i just maybe like maybe they could I don't know, make me show even one time. Like, he just vanishes, and, and yeah. he's gone until the next, like, event. I would have loved to have seen where he was, like, living or, like, where, right. you know yeah. what I mean, where he's, yeah, exactly. where he stayed. Because yeah. uh, that would have been just a cool scene. Like, yeah. okay, have you seen Seven, Jaden? Mm, no. Okay. Oh, man. Seven is, yeah. seven is great. And that's another homework assignment. I feel like that blends very well, uh, like Saw and this movie together. So if yeah. you liked those, you would really, really like Seven. There is something at the end. There's a character introduced at the end that is that we don't like the real person today. But don't do any research into that. Just know that it's a good movie and just watch it throughout, I guess. Uh, okay. I, I, I'm trying not to, to spoil what that is. But there's a part in that where you actually get to see where this killer because they're searching for a killer lives and it's fascinating and yeah. i would love to have seen something like that for the joker but right. i i again i understand i mean this is the only joker where you like don't know anything about him really i mean like there's there's like no backstory nothing you know right so. i'm i'm glad you brought up the origin because i also saw this Theor- like obviously it's not confirmed because there wasn't even a written origin for the Joker and he and Nolan never wanted to make it known what his origin was and people were like theorizing that maybe he was like um like an ex-military member and he's suffering from like PTSD and he's and that's why he's like comfortable with using all these weapons and these explosives and rocket launchers and stuff like that and like that's elaborate a- like traps and stuff and stuff like that. That works perfectly. Like I, I feel like yeah. that's, yeah, that's a great guess. Yeah. Yep. I have a discussion as far as like some themes and stuff goes, and I want to shout out. I think it's called the New Rock Stars. That sounds familiar. They do like the breakdown. It's that really cute guy. You know, Nick knows who I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's called New Rock Stars. Yeah. Yeah. So I I love them. They do everything that I want this podcast to be and i just never feel worthy at least from myself but tragically we always fall short yeah (laughs) (laughs) um but they brought up some good points that i kind of uh, added some thoughts to but basically i really like that nolan was able to create gotham and incorporate it into his trilogy so well that it kind of became its own character it was something that was sort of consistently in the background and always referenced 
almost like it was this like looming beast that needed to be either tamed or tended to in some way. And then in another research video I saw, uh, it mentioned that the Joker and Batman were both fighting for the soul of Gotham, which I appreciated. Like it really nailed down that that idea that Gotham in itself is a, is an entirely separate character. I also really appreciate Nolan's ability to make a universe that seems very real. Uh, and I don't mean to say that the movies that don't do this are bad, but I think it is what separates this from something like the MCU or the newer DCU, if that's a thing. Is it DCEU? Extended DCEU. Universe? DCEU. Yeah. Um, Gotham ran like an actual city. Bruce was using like military grade weapons that were like actually in production. And they always referred to Batman as the Batman. I can't recall a single time when it was when he was just called Batman, unless it was by like a child or something. Um, I thought that was interesting when watching these. Everyone was calling him the Batman as if it was like, yeah, it's it's like it's not a known identity. He's just like this vigilante that people call like the Batman. Yeah. Referencing the Soul of Gotham fight, uh, this isn't really a movie where the fate of the country or the fate of the world or even like the fate of the universe is at stake. Not that stakes or movies like that are bad, but it really kind of grounds things and it makes the movie and the conflict so much more relatable and serious, I think. I think the only exception to this like seriousness was when the bullet that they were able to digitally reconstruct and then grab a fingerprint from like that seemed a little bit crazy. And I feel like we would have so many more like cold cases and and crimes solved at this point if we actually had that technology. That seemed a little far fetched. But uh, otherwise, that's, you know, during the last scene before the Joker is captured, the timers on the bombs that Batman placed on the steel beams they exploded in real time. So like if they if they were set for two minutes, they went off literally two minutes later in the movie. That's cool. And I love that uh, just like how both Nolan and Zimmer have this like immense attention to detail when it comes to time in their movies. It's it's like it's the same in uh, Inception. It's the same in Interstellar and like all throughout these three movies, which I think is incredible. Yeah, like one of the greatest scenes in my head of all time is the the ocean planet in, in interstellar, interstellar yep. where every like the beat is to uh like a every second or something like that uh-huh yep. yep oh my god that is that, so good yep that is the exact scene that is why i said both nolan and zimmer is because of that totally. scene like they they both just they just get it and it's great so sort of a longer discussion here a video that i saw brought up the idea that joker and batman are two sides of the same coin, how they both basically rely on each other and are essentially the same character. The Batman wouldn't exist if crime didn't and the Joker not wanting to kill the Batman or sort of comparing himself to this dog who is like, who finally catches the car he was chasing. Uh, they both rely on he on each other. And I think this is portrayed heaviest in the final act of the movie with the two fairies how either one of the groups detonating the other makes them monsters. Like no matter what their background, they are both monsters if they press this button. Yeah. And I think it, it is the biz biggest example of how it's really not the people themselves that make or break Gotham. It's, it's what the people do. And that's, that's sort of like this whole uh, conflict that the Batman and the Joker are trying to play off of. And this idea of being versus doing can also be seen during that like amazing chase scene when the Joker's on the road playing chicken with Batman. He's like, come on, hit me, hit me. He's begging to get hit. He's he's dangling his own life in front of the Batman. 
and he is so desperate to prove that they are the same person in different suits. Like he he wants the Batman to break so badly. Definitely. And I think this is also shown during uh, that moment where the guy in the Batman suit is hanged, but he has the Joker makeup on, you know, like same character, just different suits. That's a great point. Yeah. Um, and then when when Wayne and the Joker both crash the party for Dent, they both walk in with the same line. They both both walk in. Their first thing that they say is the same thing. It's, you know, where's Dent? Where's, where's Harvey yeah. Dent? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Wow, I don't. I don't think I ever noticed that, and I've seen this movie two hundred times. Yeah, holy shit, that's awesome. I think the Joker is such an incredible character because he's able to play off of this. He's able to play off the idea of kill a Batman killing Joker proves his points. Um, he's forcing Batman to face this moral dilemma that he has, and the only way to stop the Joker is to kill him. And the Joker knows that the Batman's morals will not allow him to do that. Yeah, but he takes it. A step further when he ties Harvey and Rachel up the entire first half sets up this idea that Harvey Dent is the savior of Gotham so when the Joker essentially makes Batman pick between Harvey and Rachel he's basically saying you can only have one would you sacrifice your city and the people in it or the love of your life so like the whole movie it is the Joker trying to get Batman to to break his morals and prove that they are the same person that 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 humanity can't be trusted that that this vigilante is not who he says he is and i thought that was really really interesting definitely definitely i mean like by the end of it i think he proves more that he and and dent are opposite sides of the same coin because dent right. was harvey dent was supposed to be gotham's white knight and mm-hmm. the, like the i think it was such an interesting way to end the film to be like the best thing that you can do right now is to not be a hero for us to be able to pin all of this shit on you and for you to be the bad guy for you to be the scapegoat because dent was such a monument of justice in that city there can be volumes and volumes of research and theorizing and analysis of nolan's movies it is it's so oh yeah the man's a genius like this, the, the worlds that he creates and the, the, the way he's able to tell these stories. Yeah. It's, we haven't even scratched the surface of it. Like, I feel like, uh, I don't know. Him uh, and his brother make a really good team too, man. Jonathan Nolan is incredibly influential in this. And his wife is the producer, Emma Thomas. His wife is his producer. So that's fantastic as well. Like it's a family affair over there. Yeah. Just thinking about it now, like, this movie kind of says, I don't know if it was intentional or not, but, like, it's able to say, like, how, like, for Dent, he had this message of justice and being able to stand up and serving this city. And just one thing that can happen to you in your life, whether it's extreme or not, can can throw off your morals and make you change the way you think. So, like, I think some of the messages that, are again, maybe are intentional or not, um, that he puts in his movies are are awesome. Yeah. Very fascinating. And like what you were saying about it only just takes one thing. I think the Joker even says, you know, all it takes is just one push. Like when he's yep. out there. I will say, I do know that like uh, Christopher Nolan did not want to make the third movie. I also read that uh, the idea for the third movie would have featured the Joker heavily again. Could you imagine? I mean, anything else with Heath Ledger's The Joker would have been fantastic, you know? I mean, I remember being, like, so worried about seeing the Joker die on screen because I was like, 
oh man, you know, he passed away before the movie came out. So people were going in like very curious to see what his fate was in this film. There were some moments uh, kind of going through my research and, you know, rewatching this. I remember specifically thinking like, oh, what what did end up happening to him? Because I don't remember his conclusion wasn't as like spectacular. I think what the last time we saw him was just hanging upside down. Yeah, he was just caught and they, they stopped him. Yeah. My guess is that he, you know, went to prison. But just like think about what could be to see him performing this role again with different circumstances and, and different characters would have been, God, that would, that would have been awesome. Agreed. Absolutely. So I was actually talking to Austin, the filmmaker who made Who's With Me that we talked about in the Rocket Man quick take. Oh, nice. And uh, when I told him what movie we were doing, he recommended that I watch Michael Mann's Heat. Uh, so yeah. That movie came up a lot in my research. Yeah. That one in seven, I, I came across both of those movies tons of times. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, first off, it's a great film. I, I <laughs> don't imagine either of you have seen it, but it is. No, it's good. It has De Niro and Pacino on screen together for the first time. It's like about this struggle between uh, Pacino is like a detective in L.A. and De Niro sort of like runs a group of robbers, but. I found out that Christopher Nolan actually had his crew watch the film before they made The Dark Knight. And, oh my God, are there similarities to this? I mean, like visually, the use of of the color blue in some scenes, there is a bank robbery, there's a car chase scene, um, like under a, like a bridge. Like there's, (laughs) there's a lot of things visually referencing Michael Mann's heat in this film. So that's awesome. I definitely recommend both of you watch it because it's a great movie. It is pretty apparent when you watch it just how influential uh, it was on the entire genre of crime movies, not just The Dark Knight. But truly, you can definitely tell that Christopher Nolan really likes that film and was paying homage to it at every step of the way. Also, along with Heat, uh, I read that Christopher Nolan used the first four days of production to screen eight movies to his cast and crew. Um, They watched Heat, King Kong, Batman Begins, which makes sense. Uh, King Kong's the 1933 one. There's a movie called Cat People, Citizen Kane, which makes sense. Black Sunday, which is really funny because, interestingly enough, that movie involves a terrorist plot to blow up a blimp above a football stadium during the Super Bowl. So, like, a terrorist attack on a football stadium. Oh, <laughs> I wonder um, what you know, where he got the influence for that. Like, that's perfect. That's crazy. Um, that's super interesting. Uh, Clockwork Orange, which I don't recommend. It's a very hard movie to watch. Uh, but obviously, Malcolm McDowell's role in that film was huge inspiration to Ledger's portrayal of the Joker. And then the Billy Wilder film, Stalag 17, I think I'm pronouncing that right. I actually watched the trailer and I can't remember. I think it was Stalag. I have no idea like why he made them watch that one. But um, the other ones make sense. But that one, that last one, I'm like, I don't know. Have you seen that last one? Out of these, I've seen The Heat. I've seen King Kong. I've seen Batman Begins. I've seen Citizen Kane. And I've seen A Clockwork Orange. But I've not seen Black Sunday or Stalag 17 or Cat People. Wow. Fuck you fascinating stuff (laughs) just kidding that really that really was cool i didn't know that yeah that is awesome that's awesome and now i have several more movies to add to my watch list yeah 
Just to finish off my research, uh, just a couple more points that we didn't touch on yet. In all three of these films, the opening scene is the main villain hiding in plain sight. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The airplane wow. scene. I yeah. Yeah. The robbery yeah. scene and then yeah. uh, Roz. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I thought that this was going to spark some discussion, but I, find, I found out that I was very, very wrong. Forbes actually estimated Bruce Wayne's wealth to be around $6.8 billion. Like that would, that was his worth. I was going to be like, so now let's discuss, like if you lived in a city (laughs) with like Jeffrey Bezos, but he was a vigilante. Jeffrey Bezos. (laughs) Yeah. He is a vigilante. Like how, (laughs) with the culture that we live in now and how like ether rich we are, I thought it would be an interesting discussion until I looked up just how much Jeffrey Bezos is worth. And, uh, uh, the top 10 richest men in the world, yeah. all men, by the way, nine of them are white, unsurprisingly, uh, have more than $80 billion, uh, with Jeffrey Bezos having like, I think, $177 billion or something. I don't know. $187 million. Something like that, yeah. It sounds like, yeah, that. he's like not even close. He is a billionaire for sure, but like not even close. Isn't that um, crazy that like we're talking about like, you know, Bruce Wayne's not that rich. Yeah, I right. Bruce Wayne's not that rich. I know. Jesus Christ. Compared just think about how poor we are. <laughs> <laughs> I got 50 bucks in my account. I'm poor. <laughs> so I just wanted to wrap up my discussion with kind of tying it back with the first point I made with, you know, Heath Ledger really honing into this role and really becoming this character. I think one of the best ways that he showed it was apparently in the interrogation scene with Batman, which was the first time that they had met uh, together in the movie. The punches and the stuff that he was doing were real. Like oh, Heath wow. Ledger told Christian Bale to like actually punch him in that scene because he wanted to be fully in character. So like when he's punching him and at, like literally punching him in the face, he's still like laughing and like, I'm like, name another movie that an actor's doing that. He had to, he had to like force him to do this. So like, I think he like bangs his head on the table. So like, he kind of voluntarily did it, but he was like, like put your hands on my head so I can do this myself and actually sell That's this. Insane. That is terrifying, actually. Holy crap! <laughs> so he really put his all into this role, and you know, it, it's it was sad to see him pass you know whether it was a result of this character or not it was a phenomenal performance rest in peace wow why did we choose that to end end this episode (laughs) we've done my favorite movie of all time on this podcast but this is truly one of the movies that i was like most excited to do because y'all know how much i love batman i actually learned a lot i really enjoyed doing this episode with the both of you. Jaden, you are welcome back anytime, my friend. You did a fantastic job. I know you were nervous. Do not ever be nervous again. You did fantastic. (laughs) Yeah, I had so much fun. Thank you guys so much for letting me on. I hope everyone listening learned some things. And yeah, I had a great time. Thank you guys. Okay, we have to end on something exciting. Come on, we have to like have something for it to go when we when we go out. I think we should just put this in as as the transition. <laughs>
But it's still gotta you still it's still gotta be something like catchy to no, get everybody, but, you know, like, oh they ended on a strong note. Um I don't know, sing Jeffrey Bezos again. Jeffrey Bezos. Jeffrey <laughs> Bezos. I sound just like him, so we're gonna get um, copyright struck. We're gonna get I did not just play a clip of that song. I was actually just singing it. <laughs> This might ruin inside for you guys, but uh, I've not been able to stop thinking about this. There are times when Bo Burnham sounds like Big Bird when he's singing. <laughs> next time you next time you listen to the album, pay close attention. You'll hear it. <laughs> hey everybody! Uh, holy crap! I haven't done this in a while. Thank you for listening to this episode, episode forty nine. Thank you to our amazing guest, Jaden. Thank you to that other guy that was on the podcast with me. I forget his name. Please follow us on social media at Take3AMP. Go to our website. You know, send it to friends. Do all that shit. You can probably tell I'm kind of rusty at this. Um, bam!